is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Mokita over Zoom video. John Luke, a.k.a. Mokita, talked about how he got into music, grew up in, uh, well, kind of lived in three different areas between South Carolina, Virginia, and North Carolina. Started playing piano at five, six years old. He was kind of, as he said, guilt-tripped into it a little bit. His grandparents offered to pay for his piano lessons. And you know you can't turn a gift down from grandma and grandpa. So he started taking piano. That all changed for him as far as how much he enjoyed playing piano when he moved to Virginia. He got this new music teacher, absolutely loved her. Actually still stays in contact with her to this day. Recently saw her when uh, he was on tour, which is a cool story. The piano he learned on from this woman, he has a replica of it at his house that he recently bought, so he shows us that. We hear about his journey in music from releasing a CD as a senior project in high school, going to college, not really pursuing music, but doing a singer-songwriter thing, finishing college, moving to Nashville, and then that's where everything changed for him. And he also talks to us about the new body of work he has coming out and the most recent song, Happiness. You can watch the interview with Mokita on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Mokita. What's oh, up, yo. man? How are you? Doing great. How are you doing, bro? Can you hear I'm, me all right? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Actually, I was just having a <laughs> a bit of a technical issue here this morning, Uh-oh. but I was able to get it figured out. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> I've been trying to like figure out why my email hasn't been working, but it's all good now. I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I figured it I out. My email that was sending everything to uh, junk mail. Like oh, everything. weird. Yeah, That's so I so would, weird. I wasn't getting any emails for like a month. And I was like, dude, am I not doing what's going on? <laughs> Did people stop caring about me? What's yeah. going on here? <laughs> yeah. Mine was just not logging in. Like I did the password. I even did where you could see that you were putting in the past, like not just the stars, the actual letters wasn't working. I just tried to do browser and then it worked. And then I went back to the old one and then it, never mind. It was just like this whole thing. And it was it made absolutely no sense. <laughs> All that matters is we're here, and I appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. Dude, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm Adam, and this podcast is about you and your journey in music. And, of course, we'll talk about happiness and how you got to where you are now. Sick, dude. Let's do it. Cool. Um, so you're fr- are you born and raised in Nashville? No, I'm actually from North oh. Carolina, actually. So, and you're in Nashville now, though, right? Well, no, yeah, I've been in Nashville for like seven. It's, uh, I, always, I always forget. Uh, it's been it's been seven a little over seven years. Wow! I just moved here. I'm one of the many uh, California refugees that came here like a year in a month or two ago. Oh, sick! You're in Nashville now. Uh huh. Well, I'm south oh. of Nashville. Yeah. You, are you liking it? I love. We love it. My family and I moved here. My my wife and two kids, and it's been the best decision we've ever made. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I enjoy. I enjoy. I enjoyed it here. We. We literally just moved. Well, we were in Brentwood before, and then we just moved to Nashville, or sorry, to the east side. But it was like I was on tour for six weeks, and then the, the day I got back, we had to move. So it was 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Brutal. That's crazy. Brown was beautiful. I'm a little bit further south than you, but I'm, I'm in Williamson County as well. But I yeah. where you were, I guess. And it sounds like you yeah. moved, you moved East Nashville. Yeah. We moved to East over here. Yeah. So beautiful. We're, we're done moving. So the that's good. <laughs> awesome. So you said born in North Carolina. Yeah, born in North Carolina. Well, sorry, born in South Carolina, but like grew up in North Carolina. We moved, we moved around quite a bit as a kid. I was, um, my dad was a pastor. So we moved like, I was born in South Carolina. We, we lived in Virginia when I was really young. Mm-hmm. And then um, we moved from a town called Roanoke, Virginia over to another town called like around Harrisonburg, Virginia when I was, I want to say like sixth grade. And then sophomore year of high school, we moved again, but this time we moved to North Carolina to the Asheville area. And then uh, they've been there ever since. So that was the final move. So, well, it sounds like you spent a little bit of time up until sixth grade in, in Virginia, or is that when you moved to Virginia? Yeah. Yeah, Okay. So like technically, you know, grew up in Virginia, but like, as far as like what years I remember the most and like the friends, like, for North Carolina, for sure, is where I feel like I grew up. Yeah, definitely. So when when did you get into music? I think I read that you were classically, or you are classically trained. I've watched a bunch of your live videos, which are insane. You on piano. Um, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, when did you start playing? Was that the first instrument you learned? And how old were you? Yeah, I was, um, I was, I want to say it was between five and six. I can't remember the exact age. But um, my grandparents offered to pay for lessons. And I think uh, my parents were like, well, you got kind of got it. I got guilt tripped into it. It's like, we okay. grandma, hey, so you got like, grandma it. and grandpa want to get you this gift of piano lessons. <laughs> Are you yeah, going to turn like, it down? <laughs> I was like, that is the last thing I want to do at that age. I just want to like play sports and hang with my friends anyways. So I started taking, and honestly, the, the, I wouldn't call it guilt tripping, but just like them paying, I felt like, oh, I got to kind of take. So mm. that honestly kept like pushed me into music um so yeah i started taking uh, classical when i was a kid and uh, i hated it um i hated it for probably like four through like maybe four years and then when we moved um which i was around like 12 Mm -hmm. maybe maybe i was maybe i was around 10 or 11 whatever it doesn't matter we moved and I got a brand, I got a new teacher and that teacher was like night and day. Like I was inspired. I, I really? felt, yes, she just like, I think she got me. Um, my other teacher was just more of a teacher. It was just like, here's the piece, play it. Um, I didn't really get to pick what kind of music I was playing. It was just like all classical and I didn't like it. And when we moved this new lady, her name was Kathy LaFon and she just like, in, I think she saw something in me or something, but mm-hmm. she just pushed me into making up my own music. She pushed me into like figuring out what I like to listen to. Um, and so at that point on, like I was, I was hooked. I was in, I was into piano. I fell in love with piano for sure. And those years were really important. Like 12 to 16. I um, is when just like, I just went kind of, I got the music bug. I started writing, you know, terrible songs, but I started writing songs and I picked up the guitar around the same age too, around 12. Um, And so that's kind of when everything clicked for me as far as like, Oh yeah, this is like, I I was playing sports and everything, but for whatever reason, that was like my thing. I I felt Mm -hmm. like nobody else really, 
around me was doing that. And so it was my kind of break away from stuff. Wow. Would you, do you, I'm, I'm just curious now, do you still stay in contact with that woman, that year old teacher? You know, it's, you know, what's really funny is, is on tour, I made a point to like swing by and when we drove past Virginia. And so we had dinner together, like probably a month ago. Wow. That's so rad. She's gotta yeah. be so hyped for you. That's so amazing. Oh dude. Yeah. We had a blast. And I, I've made a point to see her like anytime I've gone through there. Um, so yeah, we still, we still keep in contact and I got, this was like, this is like a full circle moment. So the piano I grew up playing on that she had was a Yamaha C3. It was a, it was a grand piano and, um, what she had. And so I always wanted one. And, uh, like three months ago, I, I got, I got my, got my own. So I said, I got the same piano. I'll show you. I'll just move you around so you can see it. It's right over there in the corner. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So, so that's identical to what you learned on. It was the same piano. Yeah. The story is wild too. I was actually about to buy a different piano and I sat down and I played a couple notes on this piano and I was like, this feels like the same one I grew up playing. And I asked the guy what it, I asked the guy what it was and he was like, yeah, that's a C3. And I was like, that's what I grew up playing. I was like, actually cancel that, cancel that other one. I, cancel like, I bought this one. <laughs> yeah. So wow. when I texted her, when I texted her and told her that she was like, of course, ecstatic. And it was really emotional too. It was like, it was like all this nostalgia brewed up from when I was playing as a kid. So man, it's been, yeah, it's been awesome having, this is the first time I've had a piano in the house. And like, since I was back home. Is that right? What were you playing yeah. on just keyboards Keyboard. before? Not the same, but yeah. But still, I mean, having the physical piano, I mean, yeah. that there's just, I, that's one of my biggest regrets. I growing up, we had, my dad plays piano and we had a piano in the house and my sister is 11 years younger than me, but she picked it up and they yeah. both play all the time. And I'm like, so jealous. And my dad's whole thing was he wanted to, he got a new piano. He wanted but he doesn't have a, 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 a grand piano like yours, but it's, it, it, it's a real, you know, piano. And it's just, it sounds so awesome. And it's just such a different sound to it than, than a keyboard. Although you could make the exact same sound on a keyboard. <laughs> It's it, I, I, well, I tell people this all the time and it's like, if you don't, if you've never like played piano, even at all, you just don't really understand, but like, there's such a difference feel wise and sound. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not to me, it's night and day. It was, I didn't play nearly as much until I got this. Like I play, I can't stop. I would rather do this than anything at this point. I got to make myself do it. That's awesome. Have you been inspired to write on this new piano? Oh, for sure. Um, okay. I think the first thing I did was like, just learn a bunch of old pieces that I had like just had and like, didn't want to play them on my keyboard. So I started there and then, um, and then yeah, what ends up turning into like me playing an old piece turns up to me like fiddling around and then writing something new. And, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's so inspirational for sure. Just have something new like that. It it happens with guitars too. I'll get a new guitar Mm -hmm. and, this the you know they always say like a new guitar has you know song new songs in it too it's like you get a new guitar and it's got it's got a bunch of songs in it that you wouldn't have gotten from another guitar i haven't heard that before that's beautiful that's and it makes a whole lot of sense too yeah there's just something about each individual instrument that just i don't know pulls something different out of your your writing that's killer when so you said you started playing guitar around the same time that you moved and got this new teacher yeah around 12 is 
is when I started playing guitar to impress a girl, obviously. Okay, uh, that was my next question. What what made you decide on the guitar versus the piano? There was this dude. There was this dude named Austin, and he was a, such a good guitar player. And I just remember the girl that I had a crush on was just like fawning over him while he was playing. I was like, well, this feels obvious. I got to learn how to play guitar now. So sure. Okay. Did you get an acoustic guitar? What do you get, and how do you get it? my dad had an acoustic my dad plays too my my dad plays and my mom plays piano my dad plays guitar and then my mom's got a great voice my mom's a great singer um and so music was always around Mm -hmm. Uh, and i grew up singing in the choir too so singing was always like a thing too and um but yeah i i grabbed my dad's guitar and he taught me a couple chords and then it was just like i became obsessed with that for a couple years too and um but I didn't get the girl, but I did, I did. I, I got so distracted with the guitar. I was over the girl. At that exactly. <laughs> uh, you said you grew up in, in the church. I mean, your dad is a pastor. Is that, that's what you said earlier. Um, with that, were you involved in like the, the worship team and like all of that yeah. parts of playing probably live in front of a crowd yeah. on a weekly basis? Totally. I mean, that's what, I think that's what introduced me to live music. That's when I feel like, when I moved to Nashville and started, well, even, even when I started my own project in college and touring around and like, that was like, definitely just like gave me a push into live music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I started, I mean, I got thrown into it early. I mean, it was like singing in the choir at like 11 or 12. And then I remember when we moved in, uh, when I was a sophomore in high school, I got thrown up, you know, to, to lead worship and stuff. And we had a college ministry and I would play for that. So yeah, I definitely just got thrown up and just had to figure it out, which was which was great and great experience that I didn't know realize I was getting. It was just kind of like, well, I play guitar and sing, so I guess I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and talk about you know getting in front of a crowd, being kind of leading the 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 whole thing. That probably played into a lot of what you're able to do now, as far as like in a live setting. Oh, absolutely. You know what's funny is. I get more nervous now than I ever was as like a kid. I feel really? like that you have no fear almost in a way, or the fear is just different. Mm-hmm. You might be nervous, but you get older, you get older and you get more anxiety. And then you have you run through too many like horror scenarios in your head. But as a kid, you don't do that. Sure. You get way more subconscious. You're like, okay, and then I'm going to screw this up. And then it's all these people that are going <laughs> to, when you're a kid, you're not even thinking that far ahead. When you're a kid, you're just like hoping your hair looks good. You're like, <laughs> like I hope I'm good right now. Oh, that's funny. Okay. So you continue, you start writing songs. You said when you got the guitar around what, uh, did you say like 15, 16 is when you start writing? Probably like 11 or 12 is when oh, I was wow. writing. I had this little taper. I had, well, I had two tape recorders. This is a classic thing. It's it's funny when you do something, you feel like as a kid, you're the only one that does it. But I've heard so many other um, writers and artists tell me that they've done the same thing, which is really cool. But I had two tape recorders and I would like record a guitar part on one tape recorder and then I would play the tape recorder. And then the second tape recorder, I'd start recording and then I'd play a different part. So, oh, wow. Like your own four track. <laughs> And I thought that that was the coolest thing ever. And um, so I, I was always into like, I didn't know it, but like making music as well. So like making the productions and making parts. And that was something I fell in love with at an early, like a really early age too. Um, so, but yeah, around that age is when I started experimenting with like writing and 
um, just like tinkering around with lyrics and melodies and stuff like that. Did you end up going to college for music? No, you know, I, mm. I, I, I think at one point I wanted to, mm-hmm. and I think luckily I got, I didn't get into any of them. And I think it's a, it was such a good thing because I, the schools that I was trying to go to, I think would have, I think it would have changed my like kind of relationship with music a little bit, just because when I went to school, I ended up going to school as a writing major. Um, Which helps. (laughs) It, it was such a different, to me, it felt like, Oh, this is so different from music, but it really, it really did teach me how to write better. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I went to school, I kind of left music behind for a little bit. I still played, but it wasn't, like the ultimate thing anymore. It was like, I still play, but now I'm doing like intramural sports and hanging out with my friends and still played. I think it was, a. I think college like almost separated music a little bit from like what I thought was like my identity, which I think was really helpful for me because mm-hmm. everyone knew I played and I still did stuff. But in college, I was kind of just there hanging out, having a good time. And then when I got done with college, I got super into music again. Um, so it was almost like a little break and then I got super into it. And then I was like, wait, people do this for a living. And then anyways, move to Nashville. But, but yeah, in college, I, I didn't study any music at all. Um, I actually literally got turned down. Where were you applying to? Like uh, Berkeley like the, and, and like, and I'm sure I could have gotten into certain programs there, but like what I wanted to get into of like performance and stuff, I just realized like, Oh, there's so many kids that are so much better than me. So I'm just like, I think I wanted originally to be a performer, mm-hmm. just like actual like player. And then I think I was shell shocked a little bit when I came to Nashville and realized that like, Oh my God, everyone's good. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not even like close to being as good as these people. So that was inspiring too. So in college, I just played a lot. Um, you know, I would practice for hours and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew that like, if I did ever want to do this, I had to get a lot better. So mm-hmm. it's shell shock and, but it was also motivation. I feel like people either take it two different ways. They either get discouraged and quit or they it's motivation for them to get better. And I think originally I wanted to quit and then it was like, no, nah, I still love this. I want to get better. So Sure. You said that you did some touring in college. Is that you mentioned earlier a little bit? Yeah. So, and what was that project? Cause it, it was, it was just, my, yeah, it was like a singer songwriter project. And I just okay. like, yeah. Um, it was just, I would just play a different, like it was a lot of college playing a lot of the colleges and it was mm-hmm. never, it was never anything that felt like it was going to amount to anything. It was mainly just for fun. Okay, um, so that's why you said that it was just kind of something music. You kind of went away from it a bit in college, but you were still writing songs and playing out yeah. a little bit at least. Yeah, I was still doing it. I just it wasn't as kind of like consuming. It wasn't my everyday thing. It wasn't like doing it every day. It was like okay. I would friends and I would write new songs, and then they would ask me to play at a certain college, and I'd go play. And anyways, it was a lot of that stuff. It was never any. It was never like two. I never went on like a tour in college. Mm, it wasn't okay bunch of schools it was just like little one-offs here and there was there like there must have been a moment though like even maybe prior to college or while you're in college that you wrote a song or you showed someone in one of your songs that you got like some validating you know response to like oh you know this is really good or you're good at this or 
was there a moment like that or maybe you wouldn't have continued on or can carried on or was that just something you knew you were going to do anyway yeah i did so i i don't know what it was but like in so senior year of high school for our like senior project i i recorded like a record that was like my thing i wanted to i wanted to talk about like the music industry and um like music publishing and stuff like that the business side of music but i also like for my like physical product, I did like an actual record. And I think oh, that cool. time that I felt like um, validation as far as like giving, you know, handing out my high school kids these songs and they knew that I played, but like, I don't think anybody like really knew like mm -hmm. just like how much I was into it. And that was massive validation of just like, I remember one girl, this is so funny. Cause like it, the CD, like it's dude, if you don't Google it, don't try to find it. It's, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm right after this call, I'm going to find this CD. Well, I hope you find it just so you can see how, how, how far I've come. It's a okay. good, uh, a good look back. I remember this girl was like, I like this, like you're better than like Jason Mraz. I just remember her saying, I, I don't know why I remember this. And I remember being like, well, that's not true, but that is so sweet that people connected to the music. So that was my first like taste of like, maybe I like can, I don't know, maybe I can do this. Um, and then in college I did another like record and would like pass it out. And I think, um, I think I, I almost probably had less insecurity at that time just cause I didn't know what was out there. It was just kind of like me making music and it was just like, I don't really care. This was mm -hmm. mainly me, but wow, other people dig it too. So I think there was a lot of validation in that just okay. handing out and people like, really digging it yeah i mean to, to have even the courage to to hand out a cd of songs that you had written to kids at a, at a high school is a huge thing in itself oh totally I mean, they're your worst critics and the people you have to see every day <laughs> yeah absolutely i think i think the other the other moment um of validation was just when I would hand stuff out to people that I didn't even know. And then they would like contact me later. Cause it's oh, okay. one thing friends and your friends would be like, this is sick. And you're like, well, you're my friend. So you would say that anyway. Um, but like handing, like I would, you know, be on like outside the cafeteria and hand out CDs to people. And you never know. And like, I, I think it had like, I think at this time I like probably had my email and like, I probably even put my phone number in there. I don't know. Just like any kind of like feedback I was into. So Anytime people would reach out and be like, oh, my God, I love this or whatever. And it was somebody I didn't know. It was just some random. That, that always was, like, super validating. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. Yeah, like you said, if it's a friend or a family member, you're like, well, of course, you're not going to be like, this sucks. What are you doing? <laughs> I so many compliments from my mom to be like, yeah, she's right. I'm, like, really killing it. <laughs> sure. So what makes you decide to move to Nashville and do you finish college and try to go a different career path and just decide, you know what, I want to do music. How do you land in Nashville? Yeah. So it was kind of, it was a little bit of a slower process than I think like in my own head. I, I never, when I finished college, um, I was working at, so my senior year, I started working at a, uh, we have a, a casino, like a big casino near where I'm like my hometown is and mm -hmm. then, like so I started bartending at the casino and making like really good money senior year like way more money than any of my friends and so in that high school or college 
in college. Yeah. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. This bar is letting you serve at. Yeah. And I, no, <laughs> no, but it was in a, it was senior year of college and okay. I started bartending and was making solid money. And um, so it was kind of this like seamless transition of like, I don't know what I want to do, but this is a great gig for a while. Mm-hmm. So finished college. I bartended at this casino for probably, probably two years after college. Maybe it might've even been a little longer. Um, might've been three. And um, the whole time I was like kind of playing music, but I didn't, I didn't realistically think that I was going to do music for a living. And it was never, it wasn't like this like moment where a lot of these guys, a lot of these artists and musicians were like, yeah, just like went for it and did it right out of school. And I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, so I did, I did that. And then I had a friend, one of my best friends who I went to college with, they were living in the area and he was one of the only people I had ever really collaborated with as far as like, felt like we were both super passionate about music. Mm-hmm. So he and his wife had started going to Nashville and he was going just to write. Um, like he was writing country songs and like he, made some connections and was telling me like, you should move. Like, I think you would really dig it. And, um, that was honestly the first time I realized that people wrote music for like a living. Like I, I was only like only four and a half hours away from Nashville. I didn't know that that was a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, when he was telling me all about this, I was like, Oh, I didn't know. I thought you had to be like, basically like a Justin Bieber to like, or like a Keith Urban, you know, I I didn't know you could just write for other people. Mm -hmm. So that was my first taste of like, Oh, well maybe I could do something like that. And I remember they told me they were going to move and I was already feeling kind of like apathetic towards work and like a little burnout and not sure what I wanted to do. And was just like, all right, cool. Like I'm going to move too. I just, I kind of just needed somebody else to tell me they were going to be there that I knew. Mm -hmm. And so, um, they moved in May and then I moved in June. So I just, I moved a month later and, just had no idea, didn't know anyone but them and Mm -hmm. just moved. And I started just making connections with the same people that he was working with. And I just started, I started bartending here in Nashville, like a lot of people do and Mm -hmm. was also just trying to write with literally whoever would write with me. Um, And I did that for the first like year and a half was just like bartending, you know, four or five days a week and writing whenever I wasn't bartending. Wow. And did you, from, from that experience, what was like the next big, like, was there a big moment after that? Was like, did you, like, what was the first kind of, you know, milestone you'd say after moving here? Cause I'm, I know that a lot of people move to this town in hopes to, to obviously break through and do something. And it's a lot of, like you said, bartending, just riding with a million people and, to keep going and going and going and going and finally getting some sort of break. Like where, where did that lie? Yeah. So I think about a year and a half in, I, I was writing with this little, like this little kind of publishing company. I wasn't, I didn't have a publishing deal with them, but I was kind of like in their circle of people that were, they were working with. Mm -hmm. And um, I decided that, I don't really even know how this happened, but I just decided I wanted to start another, like a project again, um, like an artist project. 
Um, but I didn't want to sing. I, I don't know what my thought process was. I think what I wanted to almost be was like a Calvin Harris, almost just like being, this was also when the DJ scene was just like blowing up. Like it was yeah. like people were featuring. And so to me, it was like, I think I was insecure and didn't really want to sing anymore. And was just like, well, I feel like kind of, I feel good about like me being able to produce stuff and other people singing. So I was like, I might just start a project for fun. So I did it was the Mojito project. And, um, I was, that's one of the reasons I didn't use my name is cause I was like, well, I kind of want to use like a different name and like have people feature. And so, uh, the, cause you weren't going to be the vocalist. So instead of just being your name as a singer songwriter, Mojito yeah. was the, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's kind of how that started. And, um, I had basically, I just had a bunch of tracks they were just like a bunch of just no, no lyrics over them. They were just a bunch of just like instrumentals. And I just would like send them out to people. And anyways, uh, I had a kid send back like a top line just with like his vocal on it of something he had written. And I'm like, Oh, this is rad. And then anyways, we just like kind of talked together and put it out. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it kind of like, and I say, I say it popped off meaning like not, not popped off how things pop off now where it's like, they go like crazy about, pop for me it popped off like it did well enough to get some like attention from other people some label stuff and that's that was the first moment where i was like thought about like oh i could like potentially quit my job and then um quit my bartending job and mm -hmm. then that song kind of did really well and then i signed the label a label picked it up there was this dance label out of um out of amsterdam that it was like a dance label and they they picked it up and they also wanted to sign me for like 10 more, i think it was like 10 more songs wow. so I, I signed a deal to where i was able to at least have enough money to where i could quit my job mm -hmm. and that was like i felt like at that point like i've, I've made it like i'm i felt so right you're doing music full time at this point, right? You're not working. Like you just get to write. You had a song that does something. So you're, yeah, you're probably like, I'm rocking yeah. it right now. I was like, I am crushing it. And uh, <laughs> I mean, you were, I mean, the, even that level is so far ahead of, if you thought about, you know, oh. your bartending job or even being living in, you know, uh, North Carolina or whatever, being told, Hey, in a year and a half or two years, you're going to have a label and you're going to have this song that's big, like it's life-changing. It was the dream. And I, I, it was always my dream, but I never thought I could do it. And, um, it's, it's funny, like making $10 doing something you love means so much more than making a hundred dollars doing something you hate. It's just like, <laughs> and so I feel like even though that money was like, you know, I look back and it was like, it was substantial at the time, but it was nothing. And like, but it was enough for me to be like, yeah, I'm all in on this. So I did, I quit my job. And, and the funny thing is about the project is as soon as I put out that song with somebody else singing on it, I was like, I don't, I kind of just want to do my own thing. So, <laughs> so the label was super rad and kind of like, let me, I, I found out two things really quick. A, I don't like dance music that much, which is hilarious because that was the song was like a dance song. A dance song. Well, you've also collaborated with a bunch of huge DJs too. <laughs> and so then I was like, I kind of just like pop music. And so the label was super rad. Like they let me, they let me kind of like blaze my own trail. 
which was really cool. Like they could have just been like, no, we want dance music, but they let me kind of like find my artist project in that time, which was like, I owe them a lot of like gratitude to that because not, not many labels would let you do that. They would be like, no, we signed you for this thing. Right. Um, we know this works and we want yeah. you to keep doing this. We're not, you don't just go run off into the weeds and try to do something completely different. But they let me do it. And um, that was like super rad. And I think through those, I was with them, I think for like two years and I was able to like really find my like, like artist, like the sound that I liked. And, um, and so, yeah, that was like, that was like huge for me. And that kind of like jump started everything. And then I haven't really looked back at that point. I mean, there's been different parts of my like music career where it's like that always at first felt like a side project mm-hmm. thing. No, it was like paying, it was the initial thing that paid the bills. Well, then at that point I was like, I still want to write for other people and produce for other people. So I did that for a while too. And then I'd say within the last two years, it became more like, oh no, I like doing this artist project more than anything else. So that became my main focus probably around like a year and a half ago, two years ago, something like that. Was that like with the pandemic happening or did that have any effect on it? Or were you already going all in on your artist project prior? I think when I started to go all in on my artist project was when we got out of the deal that we were in and I was like in a hundred percent, like I was independent. So I was just like putting out music without a label that I think lit a spark in me because I felt like it was my business almost in a way where it was like, I was just so much more motivated in every area because it was like, this is coming out of my pocket. Mm -hmm. Songs mean even more to me because I don't have a label to be like, no, you shouldn't put this out or wait, we're going to wait two months to put this out. I was like, no, I could like put out stuff tomorrow if I want. Yeah. Do what you want. Right. So I think that's really when I started getting really motivated. Um, and that was the end of 2019. So almost, almost the pandemic basically. Okay. So that's interesting how that kind of fell where you were able to, you're out of your deal at this point and now you get to go all in on your project and then the pandemic kind of hits. So now all you have is probably time to, to really work on your project. Uh, yeah. At first it was amazing. I'm sure a lot of people have the same experience. At first it was amazing. It was like, I'm going to get so much done. You're like, I got two weeks to flatten this curve and we're going to be good to go. bro. <laughs> so I worked really hard during the pandemic and got a, and put out a bunch of music. Um, but then it just felt like, it almost felt like I put out, I think a lot of people have this experience. I wasn't, I realized that I wasn't really listening to that much music during that time. And I feel like music was in a weird place. Cause it was just like, people didn't know if they should put out music or like, wait, like how long is this going to last? Right. It's like, is it appropriate to release something? Like it got yeah. really muddy there for a bit. Yeah, it did. And so that was kind of weird, but I just kept kind of cranking stuff out. And I think like I got in like a, almost a monthly release schedule where I was just kind of putting out stuff. And, um, but yeah, that was, that was huge for me just cause it was just like, I got in the rhythm of working on my project and, um, fin- I got really good at finishing songs. I was so bad at finishing songs for a long time. It would just be like, people would just be like hounding me like, yo, can we please finish this? But then I got, I it was the first time I was ever ahead. Meaning like, instead of just, I've got the next song. No, I had like the next song and the next song and the next song. And 
I realized that I function so much better when I'm like a step ahead of like what's happening next, instead of just always scrounging around to be like, okay, well, I think this is the next song. Um, right. Try to catch up like almost like, okay, now you're, you're probably way on more under pressure. Like, uh Oh, I got to get another song out. What, let me get down to the key. Or let me, you know, try to write something real quick. And I was kind of like always stressed because I was like, couldn't had to figure out what the next thing is. And then I think from that point on, even now, I just like, I kind of know what the next couple things are, which, which makes it, it gives you more, I feel like creative, like, um, just like freedom because you don't feel like I have, there's always like the next thing. It's like, Oh, I've got a couple of things down the line. I can kind of be, do whatever I want right now. I don't have like a, this like super intense schedule of like, I got to finish this thing. Mm-hmm. With that less pressure on you, do you feel like that helps with your writing or do totally. you enjoy? Okay. Cause some people enjoy the, like, okay, I need to have the gun to my head ready to, you know, I have to get it done now type mentality. I thought that that was good for me. And then after I started getting ahead and like having more like freedom, that actually, I think, opened up a lot of creativity in me. Um, mm-hmm. Just because there's also so much that I enjoy outside of music. And I think I was, those things were like suffering, like my relationships and like just spontaneity to travel and going back home to see my parents. I think I was just so consumed for a little bit with making my artist project work that I like lost sight of so many other little areas of my life. Mm -hmm. I realized it at the time. It was kind of like looking back, I was like, Oh, like I realized that I enjoyed the freedom of being able to kind of do whatever I want. I think that's the whole reason I've always been so bad having a boss. Like I've always, I always thought that I was lazy. Like I always thought that I was lazy. Like even when I was bartending, it's just like, I felt like I would work hard on my job, but I was not fired there. You know, like I was doing a, I was doing a task that was like, some people may have done that task. And then like, this is what I want to do. I love this. For me, it was just like, I obviously don't want to do this forever. So when I found music, especially my own project and like something that I loved, well, it didn't feel like work anymore. It just felt like, well, this is a no brainer. I've got to spend time doing this. And so I realized I was never lazy. I just was uninspired. I just wasn't on anything that was inspiring. Yeah. And to be a musician, especially to the level that you are at and in the grind that you've put forward, obviously lazy wouldn't be <laughs> a word to describe you. No, totally. But I saw myself as that. I think I was insecure about that for a long time because I was just like, I want to work hard, but I just had no motivation, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because you didn't find what you were, like you said, not something that you're really motivated to do. I mean, yeah. bartending, you're probably like, okay, I got here, I got five more hours and I'm going to get the hell out of here and I'm going to get to go do whatever I, f- I feel, you know, like doing when I get home or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think I've been able to see both sides of it where it was just like, I'm uninspired, I feel lazy. And then also I've worked, I'm working too much. And then now it's like, feel like I've found more of the balance of like, what like a healthy work, actual life looks like. Because mm-hmm. I would say for the like, from the pandemic until probably like within the last year, it was like, I just couldn't find that balance. It was like, mm-hmm. I was just working too much. And then I wasn't maybe even working smart. It was just like, just to work. Mm-hmm. I think I've learned now how to work smarter and, and also have time to like go play tennis or like, you know, not just be in my studio all the time trying to figure out the next thing. 
Sure, sure. Are you still producing for other people or because uh, just I mean, during the pandemic, was that something you were able to do as well? Yeah, I was doing that. I mean, honestly, I've done that. I've been in and out of that, you know, since I was kind of in Nashville. Um, mm-hmm. Less of that. I feel like I've tried to cut down on the things that I feel like. Um, there's so many things that you do that I felt like I was doing just because like it was music and I was making money doing it. And so it felt like I was, I just had a hard time saying no to stuff. I right. also did. I also don't think I ever sat down and was like, what do you love doing? And then what parts of it do you not like doing? Mm-hmm. And I had a moment where it was probably in 2021 where I was like, I wouldn't say I was like going to quit music, but I was just like so burnt um, from doing so many different things that I kind of was forced to be like, there's obviously some stuff here that you don't like doing. So like, what is that? Mm-hmm. And I realized that I didn't love producing for other people and I was doing a lot of it. And so I kind of just quit and mm-hmm. I love doing my own stuff, but for whatever reason, something about producing for other people just felt like it was really draining to me. And then, so now really what I love is like writing for other people, just mm-hmm. not, touching anything on the you know sure just i wrote this song would you like to (laughs) use it (laughs) and then doing my own stuff and that's kind of that's kind of the two things that i feel like i'm doing the most of now i love that because it's almost writing for other people at least you get to take your own approach and it's not yeah in the sense of like okay and the, the artist is like i want it to sound like this or i want you to can you make the drum kick drum sound like this and you're kind of like okay where it's you're writing your own song it's gonna sound like it is and you want it or not yeah and i also felt like i was trying to prove to myself in a way that i was good at producing where it's like i didn't need to do that i already i already feel like i've proven that to myself i felt like there was an aspect of it that was trying to prove something to myself Mm -hmm. where i having fun doing it i was just trying to be like you have to do this to like prove it so i I kind of squashed that a little bit that's good i mean to to be able to just focus on you and your project that must be pretty amazing oh dude yeah it's it i feel like it has has made me i think it was scary at first because i was holding on to these other little like financial streams Mm -hmm. scared to go all in on something just in case it failed like there's always this idea of like what if it fails and i like got rid of all these other like opportunities but all in the on the reverse of that it also forces me to be like i've got to make this work mm-hmm. right so I, right good because you just yeah. cut off those other income streams it's yeah. like okay well i'm not doing these things anymore so now i have to focus more time on my project and i really gotta push it so i could you know stay financially set or at least sitting where I'm at currently. <laughs> no, totally. Well, I, I think focusing on just that like one thing was huge for me because I was said mm-hmm. other little things I was trying to split time between. Sure, sure. So I want to talk to you about the new record you put out. And obviously I'm just going off of your Spotify to see kind of, you have three of the songs clumped together under the same artwork. Does that mean yeah. that you have a full album coming out or an EP coming out or is it just kind of singles? And then I want to talk to you about the record. Yeah, um, I'm I'm like almost done with the record, so I'm pretty pumped. Um, I've this is the most music I've ever like had like completed at one time. Oh, cool! Um, which feels really good, and also is wild because 
you get, it's normally, like I said, like normally I get done with the song and it like kind of comes out pretty soon. Now mm-hmm. I've, I decided to just like go in and finish a bunch of stuff. And I think that was really fun because most of the time it's just one song at a time. And now it was like finishing a whole body of work. Um, but it just felt like I had all these songs that had like a cohesive either message or just like, they just felt like they kind of fit together. And so I was like, yeah, I guess it's time to like put out a full body of work. So yeah, I, I don't know when it's coming out yet. Uh-huh. Or like a date, but it's, it's all the songs are written and like done. So that's so exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, so I saw, or I, I love the song crash that you did. I want to talk to you about happiness, but so Charlotte Sands is somebody I recently became hip to and right. I, I'd never heard of her. I, uh, I'm a huge fan uh, of taking back Sunday. I've interviewed them a few times in the main. And then she put out this, this record with them. And I'm like, who, this girl's voice is incredible. Who is this person? So then I go, you know, down the rabbit hole. This is like, I don't know, maybe six, eight months ago when the song first came out. Yeah. And then I'm finding all these other songs that she had. And which is funny now, cause like I'll, I'll be driving around listening to Sirius and dress is like on all the time now, which is killer for her. <laughs> but um, I had never heard of her. And, and then I saw that you like one of your most recent records was with her. And I'm like, Oh my, I want to talk to you about that. She's from Nashville as well. Right. Or lives in Nashville, I think. Well, yeah, we, um, that was our like first session together. We just had a, I don't even remember when we wrote that song. I want to say it was like in the fall last year. Um, oh, wow. But we're just kind of, I don't know even what, what our, we weren't like planning on like doing a collab or anything. It was just like oh, okay. together and wrote and it was just me and her. And then that song kind of was what happened. So it's super, but no, she's so rad. And uh, we had, we have a blast, like just hanging out. So I think that was what it was too. We were just kind of hanging out and then, I think when she left, I would like listen back to what we had done. And I was like, wait, this is kind of sick. Actually, I think it was like probably five or six months later. I just like didn't even touch the track. I just like whatever we did, just kind of live. And then <laughs> six months later, I came back and I was like, wait, this is kind of tight. Maybe we should finish this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's an awesome song. And like I said, it's so cool to see. I just feel like, wow, I, I just, you know, landed on her name and kind of found out who she was. And then now I'm just like, it's like one of those things, like if you buy a car, you start seeing it everywhere. Like Absolutely. she, you know, like I'd never heard of her and I thought I was pretty hip to new music. And then now I'm seeing her name everywhere. And then, uh, you know, I'm researching you and I'm like, oh, wow, he just did a song with her as well. Yeah, dude, it was it was super organic. It was just like I was already a fan of her stuff anyway. So I thought it was like exciting for me too that's sweet that's awesome so tell me about happiness that was the most you just put that out not not long ago at all uh last week yeah tell me about that song yeah so that that's one um that was one of the funny enough that was one of the last songs i wrote for the record which wasn't at the time even writing for a record it was just a body of work most of the songs i've done were with one of my like my closest songwriter buddy who i write pretty much everything with and his name's Trent Dabbs and we were um we were just all of our songs I feel like happen when we're just talking about stuff and (laughs) I was just talking about just how hard it is to just like live in the moment without like feeling like I gotta look forward to something you know Mm -hmm. as a kid I remember I you I get I gotten this habit of always looking to the next thing it's like as a kid you're like 
it's either the next game or like, you know, you're looking forward to Christmas or you're looking forward to this vacation or like, so you like, Mm -hmm. like we just get like cloned almost to feeling like this next thing is going to make us happy. Mm -hmm. And then when you're older, those things just become different. It's like, this success will make me different or this thing will make me happier. This amount of money will make me happier. I'll be happy when I'm this successful. So we were just talking about that and it was kind of the idea of like, why can't I just be like happy now? You know, like with, I've got so much to be grateful for, but it's so hard to be happy just without those other things being like telling you that those are what's going to make you happy. So that was kind of the way the song started. And then we just wrote it on a guitar. And I think I had like a voice memo of it on my phone for like a couple months and um, had no idea what I wanted it to sound like. And then he just came over one day and we just, I think we did the whole thing in like, in like a day. It was pretty quick. Um, cause the song was already written and then I just kind of just went with my gut and then just, it just kind of flowed out. Wow. It's a great song. I, I really, really, really like I, all this, the songs you've, you've released are awesome, especially the most recent three, uh, which I hope are going to be all on that, that new album yeah. you have coming out. <laughs> so cool. And you just did a tour, a big, you just got off tour, right? With Sunderbodies. Yep. Just got off tour, uh, six weeks. Um, it was a blast. It was my first, it was my first, uh, tour ever, like with Mokita, the Mokita project. Oh, really? Yeah. First one ever. Wow. What was that like? I mean, so you obviously have, you know, a fan base and a ton of streams and was it cool to kind of see away from the digital aspect of your career, people in in person? It was, it was, I think it was like kind of life-changing for me as far as like my artist project, just because I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know if anybody was going to come because like, again, all these things that I'm seeing are all digital, you know, as far as, you know, messages on Instagram are one thing, but you don't see the person, you know, you're not like physically like with them. And so it was such a great way of seeing all these people that like listen to my music, but like meeting them, like in the flesh, it was just like, I feel like it was so inspiring because it made me realize that like, well, actually people actually listen to my music. It's so funny to say that because like I can see the numbers, but I don't Mm. people. So seeing like putting faces on these like people that like have messaged me for years or whatever, and then it come actually come out to the show. um, Yeah, it it was, dude, it was a game changer. I, I, I had no idea what to expect. And then I was like, maybe I might hate this. I don't know. Or like, what if no one shows up? <laughs> right. Yeah. You don't know. Right. I, I mean, know. You, it's all digital. Yeah. You're seeing 17 million plays on a song, but what is, does that mean? Anyone? Like, yeah. yeah. I can see exactly where you're coming from. I've, I've talked to a lot of artists that have had that same, almost like an, an imposter syndrome. Like, yeah, there's all these plays, but is this like real? Like, is this really happening? Yeah. I felt like it really solidified like, like what like what I've done so far and it also just inspired me to keep going because there's just so many days where it's just like because without that like real interaction it can just feel like does anybody care you know Mm -hmm. and even though I know people do like you said like that that idea of like feeling like I just feel like this is all random or like I don't I don't know where like maybe this was all like algorithm based and that's just like no one actually cares about my music and so yeah those conversations that i had with people like after shows and like hearing people's stories like 
those solidified everything to me that I feel like that I was insecure about. Mm-hmm. That's incredible because I've actually had uh, conversations with people where the streaming thing has kind of done the, the opposite, not the opposite in the sense of like, you know, meeting people. It's like, d- does this really turn into ticket sales? And sometimes it doesn't. If you have like a song that pops off on TikTok and then it go- people go to your Spotify and you have, you know, X million streams on a song and then you try to play a show, maybe people show up, maybe they don't because. Absolutely. And I had heard all those stories too. So I was just like expecting that. Right. That's so killer to, I mean, you've had such a, a long career and, and continued success. I would have been shocked if you, if you told me the other thing happened. It wasn't like, you're like, yeah, I put this song out and then on TikTok and then this one person shared it and I had 10 billion impressions. And now I'm trying to tour the country and no one cares. <laughs> like, happens all the time. Dude. Right, right, right. But it's, uh, that's so awesome that you're able to, you know, finally tour the, the project and everything and it, and it worked out. Yeah, absolutely, man. It it felt um it felt validating. It also it also felt validating just just I think like I've tried to be consistent in putting out music and consistent in in just like keeping going when it feels like no one cares. And I think that gave me more um validation to just like there's gonna be a point I'm sure where it feels like that again, where mm-hmm. it's just um uh, putting all this music, no one cares. But like I realize like people do care. So that's like an, uh, uh, something I can point to in my own mind when it feels that way again. Sure. You're like, people actually do care. They showed up. I watched, I saw them in person. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I have two questions. One quick one about uh, that piano that you have. Have you had a chance to record on it at all yet? Dude, I haven't, but I'm so pumped to, um, so I, I got it basically like bef- only like a month before I left for tour. So okay. I, I got it and then played, the heck out of it and then had to leave for tour and um but i haven't like mic'd it up yet but i'm like it's it's happening i'm actually like i'm i've wanted to for years record um like a piano just like an instrumental like i've because i write a lot of songs on piano that don't end up having lyrics they're just more like piece they're literally like piano pieces Mm -hmm. and so i've really wanted to put out something that's just piano and um that was one of the reasons i like justified myself getting this piano too because i was like i'm gonna put out like a piano project just just piano like an instrumental um kind of project that's but, awesome i love i i couldn't sit and listen to the piano forever i think it's such a beautiful instrument that's I, and i love hearing songs from people that aren't you know like more classically totally just like compositions that are cool there's a guy named black bach who has a really rad record that's just all piano Oh, sick. I need to check that out. I haven't heard that. Yeah, it's it's really cool. That's awesome. And especially if you record it all on that 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 new grand piano you have. Oh, yeah. No, I'm excited <laughs> to mic it up, dude. That's awesome. Well, my last question is if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Oh, man. I would just I would just say, like, the thing that's motivated me looking back is just there can be so many times where it feels like not, it's not working. And I think just pushing through, man, like if you, if you love what you're doing, it's hard to see the end, but just like, I think I've had so many people that were more successful than me tell me just like consistency is the biggest thing. Be nice to people is huge. Be kind and be grateful. And then just like find your thing and just go with it. Don't change your artist project just because like somebody else came out with a song that you're like jealous of. just like do your thing so i think i found my lane 
And now it's just like, I just stick with that, you know, regardless of what's happening over here. It's just like, I just 